remarkable accomplishments are happening every day on the Colorado Mesa University and Western Colorado Community College campuses, from faculty instruction and research to student projects and community involvement. CMU Now is a monthly segment on the KAFM Community Affairs Hour, where we interview faculty, staff, athletic coaches, and students to keep you up to date on all things CMU and WCCC. I'm Caitlin Birdsall, along with my co-host David Ludlam, and our first guest is resident assistant and current CMU student Elizabeth Henry. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for being here. I know we're happy that you're back a little bit early from break and were able to join us on the show today. Yeah, I'm super excited. This is a great learning experience for me. So, Well, great. Well, let's dive right in. So, Obviously, all of us know 2020 has been unlike any year before it, to say the least. I mean, every facet of our lives have been altered due to the pandemic, and I think higher education is no exception. Um, There was a lot of uncertainty when we first moved to remote learning back last spring, if you can think back to last March, and it's crazy thinking we're coming up on a year already of that. Um, But, you know, now the university is confident in our protocols and our procedures for responding to the pandemic and all of the difficulties that um, we encountered last year. And we've learned a lot. And so I think those listening, though, and I'm sure probably some include parents of high school students, probably still have some doubts or fears about sending their student off to a university or a college, whether that's CMU or elsewhere. So I would just like to hear what you would say to them as a current student to help them kind of calm some of those fears. Well, I think having some apprehension about coming back to college during a pandemic is totally understandable. I also think there's just no better time to go to class because a lot of things have been tailored to staying on campus. So as some things have been taken away, I feel like they are also trying to give us more experiences to stay on campus. So what you might miss out on um, in terms of like really big football games, they're also giving you a lot more options as like Friday nights, we have uh, live concerts in the quad and just a lot of more kind of smaller, more intimate gatherings. But at the same time, it's things that I didn't experience my freshman year and they're really cool to experience them right now. And do you think these smaller, you call them intimate gatherings, will that provide an opportunity for maybe different kinds of relationship building for students? And- I definitely think so. I know um, some of my residents we have taken to the Friday night concerts and they also have games going while live music is playing. So you can kind of team up with the people you know, or if you're like, hey, that looks like a really fun game. You can also just like jump in with other people and meet people that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, I think that's important, you know, to highlight that. Like you said, the university has been finding ways to get students to where you're still involved. I think I've heard from parents sometimes that they just have these fears that their students are like locked up in their dorm room, not, you know, able to do anything because of all the restrictions. But really, we found ways to be able to make sure that students still have a really good experience. And we know that that human contact and interaction piece is a big part of the college experience. So finding ways we can do that safely during the pandemic. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you're talking about students being able to have more experiences on campus and when, when people are driving around campus, one of the primary features that they see are residence halls. Um, they seem to be on every corner sometimes. And um, we wanted to kind of get a sense for, give the community a sense for how those residence halls function. And you are an RA. And I wondered if you could tell the listeners what is an RA and, and what role do you play in sort of managing residence halls and interacting with students? So I think as an RA, the job description is kind of vague you know of course we need to be there to help um just make sure your students being safe and kind of make sure that you know they aren't 
partying in the dorms and following Mesa's rules as terms as we are a dry campus. So kind of instructing all those things as well as instructing um, COVID things such as wearing your mask, not having guests over. But then at the same time, we're a really big support system for the students. And we have like a tool pack of resources on campus to kind of give your student if they come to us and they're like, hey, like I'm really struggling in our classes, then we know kind of to point them to the TLC or if they're like, hey, my mental health isn't doing too well. You know, we send them over to Bob Lang at the Wellness Center and we kind of direct them to how they need and fit their needs. I like how you characterize that as more of a, a support uh, apparatus for students. Rather, I mean, people think about um, RAs as kind of being the enforcers and, and it's, you're saying it's a lot more than that, that you're a tool to provide support for your fellow students in addition to helping make sure that the rules and protocols are enforced. Yeah, I like think that. enforcing is a small part of it. And I think it's an important part, but also just kind of building those relationships because you're one of the first people that they meet on campus. And like you set the tone for um, like how they view the rest of campus and kind of guide them through their freshman year. And you are an RA in which residence hall? Pinion Hall. Pinion. That, yeah. I actually, a long time ago, a long time ago, I also lived in Pinion. Is it, has it been remodeled or does it look any different than maybe it was a couple decades ago? Yes. So it is one of the newer remodeled ones. Um, sorry to Tolman Hall, <laughs> but it's quite nice. Actually, I was apprehensive about communal bathrooms, but it is remodeled and I can say I don't hate it as much as I thought I would. Well, it's part of the university experience, That's right, Kaylin? Yeah. We, we both went there a long uh, time ago. Uh, yeah. It's part of the college experience. You have to have your, sh- I don't know if they still have shower caddies oh, or yeah, not, but that's what we had back do. in the day. Yeah. I feel like every 18-year-old has to go through that. It's like a rite of passage. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are listening to CMU Now on KAFM Community Affairs, and our first guest today is resident assistant and current student Elizabeth Henry. Um, So, you know, you were talking a little bit about the role that an RA plays on campus, and I would just be curious to see why you decided to become an RA, because I'm always amazed with our students and how involved you all are, whether it's with clubs or organizations, you're obviously there to study your program and research, and, you know, this is a large time commitment for you to be an RA and to be that support system for other students, so... I just would wonder why why you chose to be one. Yeah, so I actually started off at CSU my freshman year, and then it just wasn't the right fit for me, and I transferred here. I liked the smaller location. I liked being able to go hike whenever I wanted to. Um, and I actually got roomed with an RA when I moved here, and she became one of my best friends very quickly. And I got to know a lot of the other RAs in my building, and they made it feel like home to me my car died on my move-in day and one of the RAs actually jumped my car so I just kind of wanted to be um, one of those people that students could rely on and be like hey this is my home and I know people I can go to when I need it well and for people to be able to rely on you that means you you have to take responsibility for being reliable and one of the things I really was amazed at over the last semester was that students all took responsibility for their own safety with COVID-19. They wore their mask. They kept their social distance. Uh, what do you think the next semester is going to look like in terms of um, helping other students learn how important it is to take responsibility as we move into the spring semester and continue to manage for the pandemic? I think um, at first there was kind of just this weirdness surrounding it because nobody was used to it. But I think at this point, a lot of students know that that's like wearing your mask and socially distancing like that's what needs to happen to go to class and people are willing to do that because it gives you kind of a more normal life than a lot of other college students are getting to experience they understand that trade-off yeah Yeah, exactly and I think that's really you know 
big of people because you've got students that are 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, and for them to be able to take on that responsibility and to understand it. And I think that's been really proven, the fact that CMU did stay in person for our learning for the whole fall semester, and we're really optimistic about the spring semester. Yeah, thank you for the contributions that you're making to <laughs> keep us open and keep things safe and to help your, your fellow students take that responsibility that's just so important. Yeah, yeah, of course. I want to be on campus. I love being on campus. So Great. Well, you are listening to CMU Now on KAFM Community Affairs, and our first guest today is resident assistant and current student Elizabeth Henry. So I think we were just talking a little bit about, you know, what you've been doing um, in the fall semester and kind of that support you've been offering students and, you know, getting used to all the COVID protocols. But, you know, now that we've kind of looked back, I know right now us at the university are really looking forward to 2021. And I think all of us are very optimistic about where we're heading. So I would just like to hear from you about what gets you excited for next semester and for 2021. So I'm really excited because I feel like I haven't utilized some of the extracurriculars that are still going on at Mesa. So I signed up. I've already taken my um, Mesa makes you take like a activities course, basically, and I've already taken it. But I decided to sign up for another yoga class. And then I also am really excited for our business book club, which every major basically has something that they can do along your major. And there's bulletin boards in almost every academic building that you can kind of go see like what your major is doing so I'm just excited to get more involved with my major specifically even though times right now are kind of weird but I feel like I've never been more involved in my major which is really exciting and are you excited that when, when are the students when are the other RIs going to all be together for training and for when is that going to happen so we all are supposed to be back on Friday and we actually have a social distance dinner outside where we kind of get to hang out in small groups and get to see each other again, which is really exciting. And then we have a week of training before move-ins start. Okay. So probably definitely got the winter coat. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Beanies, <laughs> gloves. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's really nice to highlight, you know, that although things are different last semester and this semester, that there are these opportunities. And I think that's what I like getting to hear coming out of the pandemic is like this. You're saying there's been probably an never a better time to get involved in your major and to get involved in things that you maybe wouldn't have normally. And without the pandemic, you wouldn't have had those opportunities. So I love getting to hear those stories. Yeah. And this idea that, you know, I think you mentioned earlier, the, a large football game was your example, uh, has simply been a trade-off and that you get smaller, more intimate gatherings. And, and that might not be as exciting per se, but it might be more meaningful in other ways. And so it's all about trade-offs and I'm glad to hear that you see there's these opportunities to create new and different kinds of relationships and still have that university experience being on campus. That's good to hear. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth, we're already getting to the end of our time with you. We told you that it, it usually flies by pretty fast. <laughs> um, so I think just to end a note, you know, you talked about what we're excited for 2021 and what's coming up this semester, but we didn't even really get into, you know, you as a student and what you're studying and maybe what your personal goals are. So I'm kind of throwing this out of left field at you, <laughs> but if you could just maybe let our listeners know about, you know, what you're studying and maybe what your plans are for, for the future personally. Yeah. So, um, I am a business administration major with a concentration in marketing and I'm actually looking at going to grad school for marketing. So I really want to do, con um, content creation and less of the advertising side of marketing, but I really like social media, blogging, content creation. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Well, I'm sure you'll go far. So. Yeah. And I'm glad to learn that there's a, another Pinion uh, alumna out there that, <laughs> <laughs> that 
I'm sure you might even have some pinion alums listening and <laughs> yeah, you know, probably true. survive yeah. those yeah. halls. <laughs> You're on the third floor? Yes. Really? Yeah. yeah, I still have people climb onto my balcony even though I'm on the third floor. Though, I was on the third so. floor too. Thanks for being segment. with us. Yeah, thank you so much, Elizabeth. We thanks, really appreciate yeah, it. All right. Well, don't go anywhere because after a short break, we'll be right back for a discussion about CMU's new interfaith non-denominational center for reflection. Welcome back to CMU Now, a monthly show where we talk about the remarkable work happening at Colorado Macy University and Western Colorado Community College. So David, normally we have a second guest on the show, but today we're going to be doing something a little different where the two of us are just kind of chatting about something really important that's happening on campus and that's opening this spring. Does that make me the guest? Yes. You are the guest and I am the interviewee. Happy to sit in. (laughs) So I wanted to have this discussion today because we've got a really um, unique opportunity, I think, coming here in the spring and it's the Center for Reflection. Mm -hmm. And so I think the most important question is why we are building it. But before we get to that, I'd like to talk a little bit about what exactly the facility will entail, kind of indoors, outdoors, kind of the structure. And if you could give a quick background on that. Sure. So yeah, so the CMU Center Reflection, uh, we call it a center for a reason because it's going to be a, a an a area on campus that's kind of comprehensive in, in its function. And, and the Center for Reflection is really going to be um, an area where you can imagine that the landscaping is designed such that it provides a little more privacy than normal. It's going to provide multiple features, um, a memorial wall where you might be able to have um, memorial services for people or celebrations or candlelight vigils, things like that. There'll also be you know, a sanctuary uh, where people can, can go and there'll be a reflection garden and there'll be what you might refer to just as a, as a fellowship field or a place where people can gather, not, not to play sports or to, to play frisbee golf or anything like that, but to, to have a, a more... Um, you know, interactive time with one another, free from distractions, and so that kind of that kind of gives you a sense that it's not just a building; it's a, it's an area on campus that's going to have a really specific function. Yeah. And where is that going to be located on campus? I believe it's over by Hotel Maverick. Yeah, I think the the Hotel Maverick is the best landmark. I think folks are are largely familiar with that. And it's going to be just right off the uh, north side of the Hotel Maverick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, if you're over there and dining at the Devil's Kitchen, you should look out the windows yep. and you'll see the building that's almost complete. We're not quite there yet, but we will be it's shortly. Getting close. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's go back to the why. Um, so we know that a lot of universities have chapels and similar facilities on their campuses. And many of these um, have been there for years and years and years and were built into the institution from the very beginning. So I'm curious why CMU is pursuing this project now. So I was really fortunate in that President Foster included me on some of the the early workshops that we had with students to to find out why they might want a facility like this and and what purpose it might serve in their lives. And one of the things I heard, and this was from students that were that were religious, those that weren't religious, some who might call themselves, say, spiritual, um, they all kind of agreed that 
having a place on campus that's not utilitarian. And what I mean by that is it's not designed for um, optimal use for, for learning or for, for efficiency or for technology. Um, it was designed to allow them to experience those things that you might call transcendent or, um, you know, or spiritual in nature. And, and they all expressed the, the, the desire to have something like that. And so there's been times in the past, say, that um, a student has passed away and and the their 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 friends and their peers wanted to have a candlelight visual to remember and celebrate their life. Well, they would do that, say, on the practice field, mm-hmm. and they expressed the desire for that, but also for celebratory reasons to have a place where it could be really designated for those type of oppor- those type of opportunities and also sad occasions. Um, and I think that's what this center for reflection is going to function as. And I think that you kind of mentioned this that it's Im- important for people to realize that it is this non-denominational kind of interfaith space. So, to where regardless of your religious affiliation or non-religious affiliation, that it's going to be a space and a place for you be to be able to go and kind of do what you want with it. I think that's what I'm really liking. The more I hear about it, is that we're hoping that students really take this space and use it for whatever they need, whether that's you know quiet time for reflection, time for player- prayer you know, time with one or two other individuals. So I like that it's going to be a really diverse place for our students. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the things that came out of that workshop too is that, you know, whether students think about it in terms of meditation, whether they call it prayer, whether they just need some alone time to clear their heads free from technology and distractions like that, Mm -hmm. um, it's really going to provide that space for them. And what was interesting is to just hear the diversity of voices and how they approach their religion, faith, or lack thereof, um, and how they were all on the same page with a need for that. So I think this is going to be a space that can be utilized from people of all different backgrounds when it comes to spiritual matters or or, or, or just a place to meditate. Mm-hmm. Well, you are listening to CMU Now on KAFM Community Affairs, and we are discussing CMU's new Interfaith Non-Denominational Center for, for Center for Reflection, say that a couple times fast, opening this spring. Um so can you tell us a little bit about the history of it? I know that you guys said that president or you said that president Foster brought you in fairly early on in the discussions and that, you know, students have been really central to all of this project. But I, you know, I think there's a little bit of history of where this has kind of been coming up over time. So could you talk to us a little bit about the history of it and then um, the fact that it's finally opening here um, in a couple months? Yeah, I think it's been sort of an ongoing um, evolution uh, as, for CMU to realize the need for it. And it's been, you know, students here and there, just like I mentioned earlier, you know, talking about the need to have a place for memorial services, talking about the need to have a place for weddings. I mean, I think people would be surprised to know, not surprised to learn that a lot of people meet and get married on campus, but literally um, on campus now they'll be able to get married um, in the place where they met. That's going to be a kind of a neat thing to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was an expression for a need for that. And then, you know, so much of life on campus, but also in the world today is focused on things that we can measure things that we can see, you know, we're plugged into our devices all the time. We're surrounded by continuous technology. Um, oftentimes, you know, when you think about what you learn on campus, it's all about empirical data and things like that. And so there were students that would approach the president um, about this need to kind of have a place that's different from that, that uh, allows them to unplug, that allows them to focus on things that aren't related to technology or data or empirical knowledge. And, mm-hmm. and so I think just over time, you know, I know the president ran into enough students who communicated this need, this want, this desire. And um, when he started talking to the community, there's just an outpouring of support for getting the project done. I think you see that reflected in the number of donations that have come in Mm -hmm. to the project from a wide variety of people in the community and that continue to come in 
So you have community support, student support, and then I think you had support from faculty and staff, and it all has come together really nicely. Yeah. And you were, you know, talking earlier about, you know, that this space architecturally is going to be, I think, quite different than most of our facilities on campus. And the fact that it's not for data and for, you know, that drive for knowledge that it's it's even in the architectural design, it's different. So can you talk just a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think just time and time again, you know, what we heard from students and is this idea that it, it needs to be reserved for those sort of that, that sort of reverence that they were looking for, that sort of ability to unplug. And so you wouldn't design a building um, thinking about, first and foremost, the utilities mm -hmm. or where do you put the screens or how do you make it acoustically you know, sound. Um, the first order of business from an architectural standpoint was to get at um, how can we make this space something where somebody can come in and meditate, reflect on their life and the meaning of their life to pray and have it be conducive for those activities. And so you see that in the architecture. It's a very unique structure on campus. It's beautiful. It's going to have some amazing glass features that I think are going to uh, attract a lot of people uh, people to come by and just take a look at the facility. Um, but yeah, that was really the, the idea behind the, the design and architecture was not utilitarian, but rather experiential, sp specifically in those areas of focus, mm -hmm. um, meditation, reflection. Uh, well, you are listening to CMU Now on KAFM Community Affairs, and we are discussing CMU's new Interfaith Non-Denominational Center for Reflection, which is opening this spring. Um, so I think when you think about all of the angst and division and kind of the turmoil that I think is facing our country and its citizens today, is there anything that you've heard from students about this project specifically that might lead you to believe that somehow this project will help us get to a better place in the future? And I mean, I know we're just one small piece of the nation, but have you heard anything that's come out from those conversations with students? Yeah, you know what? I can kind of paraphrase some of the feedback and conversations I remember from those early workshops that couldn't have predicted what a challenging year we would have, but in some ways did. I mean, even then, I think students recognize that um, there's division, you know, among in our country among people based on all kinds of things, whether it's politics or belief systems. And those things can be exacerbated by um, technology sometimes, you know, in social media or other places like that. And so I think um, this idea that they believe having a place where you can come and, and um, those tensions can sort of be more diffuse and you can take time to center yourself and re reflect on the meaning of your life and why you're getting education. And when you are able to do those sorts of things, I think the, the idea, at least from what I recall, was their perspective is that opens up channels of communication um, to develop relationship with people that are different from you, that might think differently from you, that might believe different things, that might have different spiritual practices, that might not have spiritual practices, and and that this would be a place where those people could come together free from those what uh, cultural distractions that might mm -hmm. limit that kind of connection. And and you know, with as challenging of a year as this has been for people from a mental health standpoint, with the, the pandemic and other things, um, I think that the project is coming along at, online at a perfect time. And I think we're going to hear that from students as they begin to utilize it in the spring. Yeah, I think that's really true because, you know, even for myself personally, between work and, you know, I'm a new mom. And mm -hmm. then obviously we've just been going through a pandemic and, you know, it does, it takes a mental toll. And I think for so many of us, because we are plugged in to social, to our email, you know, you never let it stop, whether it's the weekend or it's nine o'clock at night. You know, I was working on work and emails last night at nine after everybody was down for the night. And so I think it's really important that we have the space for students and like you hit on with all of the mental toll that it's been taking, it's nice that we'll be able to have the space for them to hopefully be able to 
unplug and recharge a little bit. Well, and I was just thinking about isn't it isn't isn't the little Mavs center um, mm-hmm. in between uh, our office and in the center for reflection? It's over so that way. It's I'm, not I'm exactly, just imagining but... <laughs> maybe maybe it's not just for students. I can imagine maybe you sneaking in there on your way back well, after work to just minute. take a minute to reflect <laughs> and ponder and yeah. So and that's but I mean I'm, I'm joking, but um, it is going to be for faculty and also for staff. I mean. Faculty and staff have also been experiencing the same kind of stressors that students have, and I think this will be a great facility for them to use as well. Yeah, great. So if there's listeners right now who you know love this idea and project and possibly want to support it or get involved some way, is there a way that listeners can do that? Yeah, there's been a lot of calls coming into the CMU Foundation, and uh, there's been a lot of donors and, and contributors and people that just want to learn more about its use and, and, and why it's being built. And so I would really encourage folks who are interested in this kind of a different project to reach out to the CMU Foundation. They can get more information. They can get some schematics on what it's going to look like. They can go get a tour, um, and they can support it if they want would like to. Great. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you want listeners of KFM to know today about the Center for Reflection? I, I just think it really is a nice project to kind of round out that part of campus. I mean, everybody's familiar with the residence halls and the Hotel Maverick and a lot of the growth that's occurred on campus, but this is just a really different kind of project that I think is going to make that play, that part of campus really special and unique and useful for students. Great. Well, thank you so much, David. It's nice getting to interview hey, you today. I, like I kind of like being the guest role. <laughs> You're very yeah, good. You're yeah. good. <laughs> All right. Well, this segment airs on the second Tuesday of each month on KAFM Community Radio. You can also listen to a podcast of today's show at kafmradio.org. I'm your host, Caitlin Birdsall, along with my co-host, David Ludlam. And we'll be back next month for another edition of CMU Now on the Community Affairs Hour.